You still have it up? Oh, that's you. <laughs> Why are you dressed so sharp right now? I'm wearing my sunglasses and uh, trench coat. Oh, because of uh, what's his name? I don't have a blonde wig, though. That's the only thing. <laughs> I got my... Does uh, she have a... Yeah, picante, pineapple drink. I had that. <laughs> right. I have um, to Kate. To Kate, is that you call it? <laughs> I've never said the word out loud until tonight. Really? How do you buy it? Well, I guess you just... Um, I buy it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I ordered it from Walmart. I marinated a uh, carne asada with it. Oh, cool. I just have a Miller Lite because they were out of my um, dogfish head light beer I usually get. Aw. Yeah. Got pineapple. I don't know when it expires, though. I'm trying to think. What's your favorite, like, mainstream big brand beer? Huh. I guess I like Miller Lite well enough. I mean,. I mostly just drink it because my girlfriend drinks it and because the bartender gave it to me one night when I was drunk after enough Montreal show. And I was like, oh, this is fine. What was the question? <laughs> What's your favorite mainstream, like, big corporation beer? Oh, I don't care. I can, uh, I can drink, um, I don't know. What's, what counts is that? That's like, what I was just beer. wondering. I guess, like, mainstream enough to like get an ad at the Super Bowl or something? I don't know. That makes sense. Super that sounds Bowl? like a good criteria. Get your ad on a Super Bowl? Like yeah. yeah. So like Budweiser and Miller and the big three. You know what I like? I, I don't know if it can... I lives in my day. Yeah. I really liked like I maybe Jimmy Buffett turned me on to it, but I was a big fan of Corona. Like You know he has his own though. Land Shark, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had I've had Jimmy Buffett's beer. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've just started buying I mean I only bought Miller Lite just because it's low calorie and I've been eating so much candy because Zitner's has been on sale at the grocery store. What's been on sale? My my Zitner's. parents bought my kids so much Easter candy that my child like almost like at Easter, like almost passed out, just like <laughs> straight like on the table during dinner, like <laughs> like, and then they went and took naps, and they haven't taken naps since they were little, little. <laughs> and I'm like, I haven't yeah. taken naps since earlier th- today. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember hating naps when I was a certain age, though. I know, isn't that fucking weird? Like, yeah. But in high school, I loved them again because high school I had to wake up at five forty a.m. Oh when- yeah, like in middle school and high school, I loved them because I was so depressed. I couldn't yeah, talk that to too. No. <laughs> I just slept in. I was what? capable of sleeping in so late, and now I can't even like like sometimes I wake up at six and I can't get back to sleep, and I'm like shit. It's like like my day, and then I'm just tired all day. Well, you weren't sleeping in during high school, were you? I mean, not during like the week, oh, but on weekends okay. and stuff. Like, no, no, I was an AP student and I had Adderall. I had an Adderall prescription that I like only used in an abusive way. Like, I didn't take it regularly. I would take it's it the only way to, mm. I would take it to pull all nighters and then I would take it uh, to double up after the all nighter. <laughs> um, what's, what's with the, uh, the, oh, I know what you're doing. It's because of the movie. <laughs> That I just watched today. Oh right! Now I remember the. Um, Ringo was his name. Of. 
the uh, lady, the, the 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 human trafficker lady. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I thought she was her. just selling cocaine. Maybe she was. It's been a while. I have to admit. Um, okay, I just watched it all today. She was just like she got a bunch of Indian people, and it was oh, exclusively, right. and and they all had to sew cocaine into their clothes. But then she like lost them. She she killed the the drug dealer who supplied. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like a bunch of Indian people in Hong Kong feels like there's probably human trafficking involved too. I don't know anything about Hong Kong. All Not I know, a thing. all I know, is from uh, Anthony Bourdain. Uh, so I do know it's like a huge global city that like. A I lot know they have the uh, the chicken chicken rice thing. That sounds good as hell. Mm, I don't know. Um. So yeah, we can talk about it now because uh, Josh didn't actually say anything about it. He didn't want to talk about a movie, so I just gave you guys a movie to watch that I liked. Oh, okay. <laughs> we were bamboozled. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's. That's fine. okay. I really, really liked the movie. I knew you would. That's why I needed to read. That's why I was like, well, this is a good way to get Jennifer to watch one of his films finally. <laughs> I'm going to watch In the Mood for Love next. You're going to fucking love that. <laughs> I. It was really, really good. It's just two really pretty people not having sex. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> that sounds like your perfect relationship. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it is my relationships, but I'm a big fan of platonic polyamory. Oh yeah, the, the uh, thing that the thing that we're all. So somebody sent me a chart the other day of all these terms, and I had never heard of like half of them, and I was just so bewildered about i'm a big fan of these terms i uh my favorite i'm gonna find now i'm gonna try to find that for you now all right i just sent you i just texted you guys the thing on reddit that i saw okay i don't know which i don't really know what these mean to know which one i am i remember you told me the ambivalent term that my roommate called me as an actual term ambivalent yeah, like as a, on the spectrum of polyamory, just being oh, ambi ambi I can't remember. <laughs> ambi <laughs> You can be in a monogamous or a polyamorous relationship, and it doesn't really matter. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. me. <laughs> Breakup buddies. This is starting to. This sounds. This feels very German. The one that really <laughs> got me was the fine. difference. The difference between friends with additions and friends with benefits. Apparently, oh, one sorry. is yeah, one. Sorry. <laughs> one is romantic and one is just sexual. Wait, so is friends with additions is that like romantic and not sexual? I think so. Which, like, I don't know. You just like I don't get what what that is. Like, I guess you just like rom- I don't know how you're like like oh I love you let's cuddle I don't know. I mean, I could see that happen. I mean, I could see myself doing that. I, I feel like I'm looking at like the the back of a '90s indie rock compilation. <laughs> yeah, this looks very twee. <laughs> yeah, like these are some like they're these like, these sound like band names, like like from Olympia. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is the new uh, beat happening album. I mean, come list. on, like, <laughs> like I would totally go to a show to see Kitchen Table Polyamory. <laughs> I was just That's reading that one. I mean, Relationship Anarchy really does sound like a punk band. Yeah, 
Um, Amory Flux yeah. is like no, the, the techno band. <laughs> yeah, you hear that, Romo. <laughs> that Pluriad seven inch put out by Soft Romo. Yeah, the new the new uh, rap rock group, Soft yeah. Romo. Yeah, yeah, he uh, played he played guitar in the Breakup Buddies. The Queer Platonics. <laughs> <laughs> I like Waver Ships too. That sounds real, like two thousand. Like, yeah. I I looked that up and I still don't understand it. I don't think there's probably reflux. Wasn't that a cartoon on MTV? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the Matrix guys, the yeah. and the Matrix. That was, guys. No, that was that was fucking rad. What the fuck is Monopoly? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't sound like a healthy one. They probably shouldn't have added that. No, that's the capitalist polyamorous where you're competing for each other. Oh God. <laughs> so like all poly- like that's like ninety percent of polyamorous then. Yeah. <laughs> Social monogamy. That just sounds like you're in a in a abusive relationship. Sem- semi ships. Intimacies. <laughs> what are line marriages and line relationships? One dimensional. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. Is it like where some? I see. Like I said, I didn't know most of these. I feel like somebody was just really high and just made line marriage is a form of group marriage in which the family unit continues to add new spouses of both sexes over time so that the marriage does not end. It's like an eternal marriage and relationship. It's like a like you know how like bands can go. It's like multi-layered marriage. It's it's like it's like those bands that are like over a hundred years old because like they just like somebody dies and you get a new one and then just like yeah, eventually all the original members are replaced. Yeah, I guess that's like the craft work lineup I'm seeing. I have never heard of it. Do people actually do that? Line marriages where you just... Maybe that's the... I mean, do uh, do Mormons have polygamy? Because I know they're really into multi-level marketing. And uh, <laughs> that's what this sounds like. I watched Big Love and it doesn't... It does seem like at a certain point, like logistically... If you're not, unless you're like on a commune and you have somebody who's like there, like kicking out men regularly, like young men, so that there's more such like a big gender disparity that like eventually you just run out of like resources and like time to have like more than three or four of marriages. Do you have, um, do you personally have like a Google calendar for your partners? Oh my God. That's the most cliche polyamory thing about (laughs) me. Yeah, I do. I have an elaborate (laughs) calendar everybody does everybody adds their shit to the calendar i'm like a real like planny person anyway like i do the meal plan i do like the chore fucking chart well that makes more sense for like structuring a house yeah like and and we have like a we in the house we have like a weekly meeting like here's what we're all doing this week so blah 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 (laughs) just like it's really easy and it's nice like nobody it just I sounds like living in a commune. It's sort of like living in a commune, um, except there's only like two kids and there's three adults and the house is like big enough to have like your own vibe going on. So like if the if if the commune is just like dudes like watching watching Netflix and like playing video games in like silence together, then that's a commune. I mean probably. It sounds like what a commune would be, I would imagine. Maybe not Netflix. 
Yeah. Some, you know, some public version of Netflix. <laughs> I just remembered uh, the, Polyon- the Polyphonic Spree was one of those groups that just kept accumulating members. I decided that that is the whitest group in the world. I don't know if there's people of color in the Polyphonic Spree, but it like vibe-wise, it is the whitest band in the world. I mean, yeah, I saw them play. I saw them do a show because I was just curious. They, they look like a cult when you immediately Google them. Um, they look like uh, what's his name's cult, Jarrett Leto's cult. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I saw them play just out of curiosity, like ten, fifteen years ago, and they played a uh, Lithium. I love that. I love their version of Lithium. It's probably my favorite thing. Really? Yeah, I love their version of Lithium. I don't remember anything about it except that it happened. It's so creepy. <laughs> really? Yeah. I thought it was pretty upbeat. I don't remember. I mean, but it's like, been like 15. I mean, I mean, so the song itself is really creepy, but if you're listening it to it in the grungy Kurt Cobain way, then like that kind of like that kind of like overrides like the actual like lyric creepiness. Whereas if you hear him and he's like enunciating all the lyrics all the time and then like the chorus comes in behind him, you're like, ooh, shivers. <laughs> Do all the people in the band play instruments or do they just like hang out? How many people are in the band? I don't know. I think it fluctuates. Uh, I see they just released an album last year. Where's the person we're interviewing? I just found the thing. He said he'd, I, he said he'd be ready around nine, but I figured I'd give you time to talk about um, uh, Chunking Express. I love Chunghee and Express. I'm probably going to end up watching all the director's movies now that I have your Criterion password. Oh, so like, I, like, it was so good. I was so into the girl. And then like after the movie was done, I kept listening to the Cranberries dream cover in Cantonese over and over and over again. Oh, I don't even remember that part. It's so good. Faye Wong's. Yeah, I think Faye Wong sang the song. Oh, wait, also. she's the pop star that plays that girl? Yep. Yeah. I was obsessed with that. I like, it's hard for me to decide which storyline I liked more because I really liked the man in the first story the most. And then I liked the woman better in the second story the most. What was the man in the first story doing? Because all I remember in the first story. He was just getting over the breakup. So he was eating pineapple for like every day before the expiration date to see if his girlfriend would take him back. Right. And then he goes there and they ran out before it gets to the date. Yeah. (laughs) Because his birthday was on May first. Oh, oh, what's I don't have a watch on. I don't know what today is. Um, yeah, I mean, in the mood for love is just like a perfect film. Like, it really like amps up the looseness of Chunking Express because mm. like there wasn't really a script. They just kept shooting stuff <laughs> and just kept going along and. uh just basically like made the film and editing everything. I think they started shooting it maybe during Chunking Express too. I don't remember mm. while he was editing Chunking Express. I forget. I don't. I, I thought can't. we were gonna like hear some like a film dude like talk about it, and we were just gonna go yeah, like, oh yeah, I remember that. I, I, <laughs> even- I didn't think we were. I didn't. I didn't think it, it fell on us to generate yes. discussion. I'm- I know you guys don't listen, but I have been editing, so I will edit all this down. I just listened to our last one today because oh, really? because Anthony was listening to it. 
So I was like, shit, I wonder what it sounds like. And it turns out that my voice is very like robotic sounding. And I maybe I should get a mic or something. Brandon sounded great. Brandon had like the best sound quality of all of us. Did he? Whoa. In the last episode, he did. I don't remember. That was like three, four weeks ago. The rankings for like sound quality are like Brandon, then you, then me, last. Who were we talking to last time? Was that a Colin? Yeah. And who's Anthony? Is that your new boyfriend? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) What did he think of it? He uh, thought, like, I was like, it's just going to. So he has a successful podcast, like, he has one of those niche things. So I like I was trying to explain. I was like, this isn't a normal podcast. This podcast ends because Rob's computer cut off, and that was the end of the episode. <laughs> <Whereas> <laughs> he... <laughs> I could have fixed that, but I just didn't want to. <laughs> like and and so and like he's the sort of his podcast he has to like write in advance for and like like it's a big production whatever bullshit and so i was like this is not that i was like these are two guys who sit and talk about stuff that i don't know anything about and then i'm a christian mom who is there (laughs) (laughs) premiering on nbc (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is the reboot of God, the Devil, and Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking um, about it again earlier and just how, like, there's there's so many podcasts that so many people put so much effort into to, like, try and get that NPR aesthetic. And then what do they have? Like, 20 listeners? I was looking at TikTok yesterday at my job because we were looking at people that mention our company and just it was remarkable to me how many people out there want to be influencers. And TikTok is the worst. I bet those videos yeah. take forever to make. Yeah. And like they go through all like the motions. Like remember that one guy that went viral like a week or two ago talking about Marvel movies or something? Everybody was dunking on him, but like he was doing all the things like he was was speaking in the cadence. He had like the background showing his personality and he was like moving and doing the jump cuts. And it's just like, who the fuck cares what this guy has to say? But like everybody's just jockeying to have some sort of influence and to like try and quit their job to become an online influencer. And I just, I don't care. (laughs) Like I don't get it. Uh, it just seems much more fun to just put in as much effort as you feel like and have fun and have something that's presentable, even if it's not like going to get picked up on NPR, maybe. (laughs) I don't know how great art made by desperate people is. That's true, too. Speaking. Um, but like, you know, and I just, I, I don't, I don't just mean like, like materially um desperate i mean like you know desperate and like hungry for like that type of attention and fame or what like what is being valued well they all be they all become about form then and not really content as mm-hmm. yeah i mean they just end up parroting each other and it's it's like all the kids that go to hollywood trying to become famous without ever taking acting lessons and mm. 
I don't know. I just, I, there's so many podcasts about so many things and some of them are interesting, but like, I don't want to hear like, yeah, I don't want to hear people just like crying for attention. <laughs> no. On TikTok, there's a lot of it, I think. Um, yeah. Instagram's pretty bad too. I wonder what Twitter will look like it with post Elon Musk. So, yeah, I mean, if he amps well, up, like, different. like, who owned it before? I don't think it will. I think there'll probably just be like more people yelling at women, aka me, like, <laughs> and it'll be fine because he'll be like free speech and I'll be like, great. I'm just gonna have to block and mute more people. Like, like how and- hands on is he trying to be on this thing? Like, is he gonna be like fucking Howard Hughes, just like staring <laughs> at multiple screens of Twitter, like trying to like, I, Somebody said, well, "Here's yeah. a good theory." They're like, "Twitter is gonna." So he, so Elon was like, "I am not gonna ban or censor people unless they like break the law," which is literally the rule of eight chan. So maybe that's what Twitter is gonna be. Eight chan. Eight chan. Eight chan. It was. It was. Eight chan was like the version of four chan where you could post child porn. That's not good. What? <laughs> it's also where QAnon. They couldn't. They couldn't control. You, know you buy the, what, This is like a package deal. What the hell is going on? It was a weird time in the internet. <laughs> oh, now? yeah. Well, yeah, all time, I guess. Well, they have that theory that the, the guy who founded 8chan is also, like, the person who started, like, QAnon rumors and stuff, and they, like, can't... Oh, it wasn't the guy who started it. It was the guy who bought it and then, oh, okay. like, forced out the guy who started it. Because the guy who started it was um this, uh like, little disabled guy who had, like... who It was, like, only, like, like, less than three feet tall, I think. It has to be on a wheelchair and stuff, and... That's that's the founder of 8chan, the yeah the website for the worst content on the world in the yeah. world. Yeah, and then um, if you watch the HBO documentary, he becomes like the biggest anti-QAnon person, and he's convinced it's the people that bought it off of him, uh, Ron, whatever, and his dad, and um, he's probably well. They seemingly stole it from somebody else. It's all fucking stupid. I mean, it's it wouldn't it wouldn't be worth talking about if it wasn't like <laughs> so fucking influential, I guess. But it's also waning, so I don't know how much I care anymore about it. Um, if we can get that conspiracy theorist guy on, maybe he can tell us about it. <laughs> Is that another one of your guys? <laughs> so they're using guys want to be. <laughs> Yeah, um, he's actually. I'm gonna ask uh, Josh when he comes on about it. He said he had to eat dinner, so he said he'd be he'd be ready around nine ish. Oh, I guess it's nine literally right now. Yeah, I wish I looked cuter. What do you mean? <laughs> Did I miss something? Oh, he's I here. have a zit on my chin. I should have put on makeup and put on a real <laughs> shirt for our guest and some yes. of you guys. Josh, can you hear? Hi, me? Josh. Hello. How's it going? Guess not. <laughs> I think this happens every time. Hello? Hey! Hi. How's it going? All right, hold on. Let me just figure out what I'm doing here because uh, despite pretending to know how to do all this stuff, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. So hold on. You do this more regularly than we do, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I should see, and that's a thing, right? Because Liam <laughs> is actually the the genius Okay. I bring the personality. 
<laughs> that's what I bring to this podcast also. Can Personality. In there? I, take, I take most of that away. <laughs> I'm trying to get it to... Sw- oh, you know how it didn't work? So you got to put the... You got you to plug the thing in. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I just plugged my headphones into the wrong thing earlier. It's cool. I didn't plug my headphone in. But I'm in now. Oh, okay. College boy. Can you hear me or what? Hey, yeah, we can. Hey, cool. so speaking of Jennifer and Liam, um, Josh, do you believe in God? Yeah. Yeah? Hey, cool. <laughs> that makes I two mean, of you guys. I don't not believe in God. Hold and on. I'm, I'm orchestrating a thing. Okay, here you go. I'm a Filipino dude, bro. I was raised in a church. Yeah. What do you want from me? Was that, not my fault. Is that the Catholic church over there? Yeah, man. The one okay. where you got to go and like for like a week before Christmas, you have to go to that shit at 530 in the morning. And then all the other Filipino people in your community are there that you don't like. You got to <laughs> hang out with them. Wait, they don't a- like you because you listen to Green Day. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> I just learned the other day that Christmas starts in the Philippines like September 1st. Yeah, dog. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome yeah wait what do you do for four, three months you pray and you do feel bad yeah <laughs> you, oh no never mind that sounds like shit well you feel bad anyway brandon what's that you feel bad anyway during Christmas. i don't have to pencil that shit in <laughs> just saying man that's a thing it's the reality of it you know boy do you do that and feel obliged to do it do you like listen to christmas music the entire time in the philippines yeah I don't know, man. I haven't been there since 1989, nor have I spent Christmas in the Philippines ever. Okay. You know? I, I watched a documentary about it and like, yeah, they just like they put fucking Santa in front of like storefronts. They play Christmas music. They have like winter indoor scenes for marketing. Like there's just like, I guess there's no Halloween. There's no Thanksgiving. So there's not even a pretense. It's just like, it's just like, you know, we're doing Christmas now. Well, no, to be I fair, Halloween isn't, I mean, like in the Philippines, it's All Saints Day, right? Like Halloween's like November 1st. Yeah. Well, All Saints Day is November 1st. So the tradition is that you celebrate all the past, the people in your family that died and all that. Now that I'm in a liturgical church, we celebrate a, a Reformation Day instead. <laughs> What's that? It's like the fuck you to the Catholic church because it was... Uh, <laughs> October, I think it was October 31st that Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses to the wall. The 95 Theses? <laughs> That's <laughs> fucked up. I didn't hear that version. He just fucking flung him. Just threw him onto the wall. Hardcore, man. <laughs> oh, shit, uh, I'll fuck you up. <laughs> wait, do you still go to church now? No, man. Oh, okay. No. I can go to church and everything. You still like do the whole deal? I don't like... do. I don't. I go to a United Church of Christ Church. I'm the youngest. Like we're like the youngest family there. Everybody there is like an old hippie, and uh, it's just like just real chill vibes and and like I don't know. Um, I grew up though Pentecostal, which is like the wildest religion in the christian denomination in my opinion i mean like i don't know maybe there's other ones but it's like going to a fucking like house party almost and people are just like speaking in tongues and like passing out on the floor and just like fucking like gathering in the front and dancing and like shaking and shit like that 
Oh, the snake handler shit. I t- I keep t- my church specifically did not do snake handling, <laughs> but I but I knew churches where you could go and see it. Sorry, homo. Did you on a snake handler? And I'll die a snake handler. <laughs> Wait, I did never did one? snake handling. I'm fucking scared of that shit. I I knew from an early age that maybe God would be mad at me for like various reasons. I'm touching so. my shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I think I missed the beginning of this conversation. What are we talking about? Movies. Oh, yeah, we weren't talking about anything. Oh. <laughs> um, we don't really have a purpose here, uh, which is why you fit in perfect. I mean, I lied to them and told them that you said to watch uh, Chunking Express, but um, just because I wanted them to watch it. And I did movie. watch it. Yeah. I watched it today. It was the first time I ever saw the movie. Really? Yep. Good work. <laughs> It was a very good movie, and I'm sure it's going to like become like part of my personality over the next week. Yeah, all she does on Instagram is post like inspiring quotes and screenshots of people looking at each other like in, with sexual tension in films. Oh yeah, I have two movie people who follow me. One is Rob, and one <laughs> is this guy that I went on a date with once, who is like, I think like five years younger than me, and he like uh, has a degree in film. The difference, and sometimes they'll respond to like the screenshots that I post, and Rob will be like, "You know, this movie, blah blah blah," because Rob knows that I haven't actually watched the movie that I have. Whereas the other guy will message me and be like, "Oh, I love this movie. My favorite part was part was da 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 da," and I'm like, "Cool." <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Josh. What are you up to these days? I feel like I don't see Cinepunks updating that much. I mean, we're recording tomorrow, so I've been watching like what feels like 900 hours of Charlie Kaufman movies. Oh, really? No, we're only doing two of them, but they're One. just so. We're doing um, Synecdoche, New York, and we're doing uh, Adaptation, which was the first time watched for me. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I it's weird. That it's weird. Yeah, but um, Willow from the band snowing is our guest tomorrow so we're going to be speaking it was her choice for the movies so it's like it's cool it's cool but i mean like cinepunks has been pretty busy like yeah the emo band yes sir holy shit fuck yeah 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 yeah. i I saw them years ago yeah 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 i'll show in la they're cool is that where you are where are you guys you guys in in the i'm in la yeah yeah what's your name brandon Nice Hi Brandon, I'm Josh, and what's your name? Oh, Miss. Yeah. Oh, I'm Jennifer. I'm in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, I think I'll be there for the Avail show. <laughs> cool. Well, she'll be here for uh, me without you, actually. Ah, there you go. Oh yeah, That'll I'm crashing fun. on Rob's futon, and I ma- I bought him a ticket to make him go with me, even though he doesn't like me without you. I don't you like know that. they're they're all like good friends with Liam, right? Oh, they are. Liam went on tour with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? No, yeah. they're my favorite band. Oh my god. Liam, well, you know Liam used to be like in a Christian hardcore band, right? I remembered like I think <gasps> Doug played a uh, a song that he sang on once to his chagrin, yeah. but uh, I didn't know. So like, my plan <laughs> is we're supposed to do an episode of Cinepunks where uh, Liam gets his uh, chess piece. He wants to get a chess rocker that yeah. says "They Live, We Sleep." You know. And oh, my man. plan was to do like be like, hey Liam, we're gonna do this sweet episode while you're getting tattooed, so I can make fun of you while you're being <laughs> tattooed. And then I, I I've managed through my nefarious means to procure a copy of the CD of his band. 
<laughs> and I have uh, obtained a promise from my tattooer who is going to tattoo Liam that he not stop while I play each song track for track and discuss <laughs> with lyrics in hand and <laughs> lyrics of the songs as he gets tattooed and is in pain. It's going to be so and sick. I, hey, That's listen fantastic. to me. I have given birth twice without medication. My chest piece was more painful. I dig it, man. I dig it. Liam also has like two tattoos, which will make it even funnier. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's going to be. Here's the thing about Cinepunks, man. Like, uh, I'm definitely the irresponsible one of the two of us. Yeah. And I'm the less uh, learned, but speaks with more vim and vigor to us to pretend that I know what the hell I'm talking about. And it just drives Liam crazy. And it's so funny every time. <laughs> I'll just be like, oh yeah, no, that was the second movie. And Liam's like, but did you read the notes I gave you? I'm like, no, Liam, pay attention, bro. It's only been 150 episodes of me reading Jack shit. <laughs> I, haven't you know. lis- I haven't listened to him and Doug's podcast in a while, but like, I know they have a similar uh, <laughs> chemistry. Yeah, but see, always that mad. dynamic, Doug is smart. See, yeah. I'm just like out here just being like, yo, Liam. <laughs> You want to listen to Lifetime again? Because they're still awesome. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, it sucks. It was funny. We went to a show last week. Or, like, he was in town for, like, a little bit because um, his mom hadn't seen his daughter since the beginning of pandemic. Oh, so, yeah. He was in town, and we went to a show together. And um, we saw Bib, and we saw Chemical Fix, and we saw um, Tempter. It was like a big hardcore show, but like not like this is hardcore kind bands. It was like smaller bands, whatever. And when we were there, a lady stole my jacket and it was like freezing outside. And I was like, Liam, I think someone stole my jacket. I think that there's a very small white lady walking around with a gigantic, (laughs) almost hip hop looking North Face jacket, you know, and then I had to get it back from her. And that was an awkward conversation because I was like, yo, sis, drop the jacket. No one gets hurt. (laughs) And then, um. I got home and her phone was still in the pocket. Oh, and I had to like give the, it was just a lot. And I was like, Liam, see this why I don't go to fucking shows with you anymore, man. Go back to Chicago. I hate you. <laughs> How do you and Liam know each other anyway? Um, we met in the hardcore scene. Okay. Maybe 30 years ago. Um, he did a cartwheel <laughs> and he knocked out my friend, Jeff Pelly. <laughs> so he cartwheeled out Jeff Pelly at a show and it was like a dumb show it was like our friends bands playing it was at a CER hall and um, we used to call him the Kung Fu Dwarf and Lee because Liam I don't know if you guys know like do you guys all know Liam or no no yeah, uh, no I've met Liam once and I've been Rob on- didn't have us prepare twice. for this Rob no, was preparing it's just hanging out I, like- I, I said Rob we need to start preparing for our guests and he was like okay watch Chunking Express which was a fucking ruse it yeah. was not related to movie this. he did yeah, you a favor right. no I mean I had to make her watch it somehow I <laughs> loved it so, it yeah, was so fine Liam and I do a show called Cinepunks you yeah. know that So it's a podcast dedicated to brown people in the Philadelphia area that fuses our concepts of music and movies. I thought um, when I was on your guys' podcast and I asked about it, that you guys said that like, or that you particularly said that like it wasn't necessarily a focus, that it was more like incidental that you guys are brown. Yeah, but you know what? Just being brown anymore is a statement these days. Yeah, I mean... I, so, I, I was there because I was curious. It's just what it is. I mean, like the yeah. funny thing is that like when people talk about us, well, well, so I still participate in all the like the press screeners and all the bullshit here in Philly. 
Yeah. And I'm literally the, so I'm the only person there that's darker than a paper bag. I do and, know one. Well, there was one time I actually saw you at the, at the pre-screening of get out where I was like one of two white people. Yeah, boy. Good work, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's just funny. This concert. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is like the allied agents these days are always like, yeah, man, we really want to talk to you. And I talked to like the other like critic people who are white, not their fault. And um, well, I was like, Yo, do they, do they tell you that they want to talk to you? And they're like, no. I'm like, why do they want to talk to me? And the only thing I can figure is that it's not because we produce a lot of content. It's yeah. because literally it's like, Hey, that guy over there who can't see through his eyelids, maybe <laughs> we should ask him what he thought about the North man. You know what I'm saying? And like every single time it's like, bro, they have like my name highlighted why do you highlight what what are you why why am i underlined and then like i don't know like other people are just like i don't know they don't ever talk to me they don't know my name it's like all right i don't give a shit eat it suckers it's like when um so did you guys know i used to play in a queer punk band called solarized no i I didn't are you queer i didn't i'm not but i I am an ally i'm powerful and um yeah 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 and so we played with a bunch of like queer punk bands all the time and um it was like the kind of thing where it was like so we sounded like torches to rome like that was kind of like our mo we had a black singer he's only the only person in the band who was queer was our singer but he wrote everything so the agenda was his to set you know what i'm saying so it was like that kind of thing yeah and um we'd play on these shows with like we play with bands like limp wrist we play with like um only Brendan's going to get these, I think. <laughs> oh, do you oh, guys not listen to like gloss? No, right. I, don't, I listen. No, to the, and the only reason guys. I, the only reason I know me without you is because I grew up super Christian. And so like, there was this period of like in the two thousands where, you know, you were like, there was like emo and hardcore was popular. And so they had all these tooth and nail bands and like cornerstone festival and shit like oh. that. That's the only reason. And like, and like me without you sort of like got way more progressive and weird and out there as my own religious beliefs did. So like, I've just always been super into them. That's fair. I get it. I don't know how, I don't, I forgot what we were talking about just now. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I brought this up in relation to being the only, like, as I call it, the only grain of rice in the oatmeal at most <laughs> events that I uh, participate in here. You know what I'm saying? And you, um, you were talking about being in queer punk bands. Yeah, but it was in relation to, to the movie stuff. And I, I lost it. I'm sorry, Rob. That's okay. I, it's gone, baby. It's gone. You know, <laughs> I ruined it. I'm sorry. No, it wasn't you. I just, there was, a there was, you know, it's funny because it's like, I got kicked out of that band for saying the word hooker. What? <laughs> yeah, oh, boy. Uh-huh. Um, That's today right. in future. Today we were watching Futurama with my kids and my 11 year old was repeating uh, something oh, that, that Cap Bri- Captain Brannigan, what it was, Cap Brannigan. He was Cap like, Brannigan. bring in the hookers. And my I, my 11 year old repeats, bring in the hookers. And I was like, you can't say that. Do you know what it, I said? First, I said, do you know what a hooker is? And he goes, no. And I oh, I'm sorry. I said his name. Um, oh, I, can <laughs> I try not to say my kids names. Sorry. Yeah. And, and I'll try and, to for real. And he goes, no. And I said, well, don't talk about it. Don't joke about it. Yeah. And then I was, and then I almost like segued into the, you have to say sex workers thing. But then 
didn't. I was just, I'll let him. I was like, <laughs> I'll let him. probably shouldn't be saying sex worker all day. Yeah. Then yeah. I was like, Starship OnlyFans. That's just what a sex worker does. How weird will my kid be going into school and talking about sex workers? I'll get a fucking call and they'll be like, oh, you're yeah. polyamorous family? Oh my God. Especially when they find out about your OnlyFans. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so. Actually, I don't like. I don't know a whole lot about you. Like, cause actually, I'm curious about one thing. In uh, how often do you listen to stuff or like watch stuff your friends do? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, uh, like I know, like I have a lot of friends that make that write a lot, that make podcasts, that make short films, that just do a lot of things. And I'm always like, oh yeah, I will. I'm gonna listen to that album you did, and then. I forget like one of our past guests, Laura squirrel. She's like always sending me new noise stuff she's making. And then I always forget about it. Um, <laughs> here's what you don't know about me, Rob. Yeah. I'm horrifically self-absorbed. Okay. <laughs> so basically I only listen to what shit I'm fucking writing. No, that's not true too. I, I listen. I, I can, all my friends are, are boring. You know what I mean? It's really, great. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, here's the thing, right? Like I have a lot of homies that like I do stuff with and they're fun, but a lot of them do not participate in music in any way or they're older punk. So they don't hang out anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or they're not music people. You know what I mean? All of my friends that are complected as myself <laughs> or darker, they don't make music. We just hang out. You know, we talk shit. We, we, you know, watch movies and stuff. Um, the only time I really hang out with a bunch of white folks is when it's music stuff or movie stuff. And that's it. You know what I mean? But that's just like a little part of like the whole mosaic that is my weird and stupid life. You know what I mean? So I don't well, know. what's the other stuff going on in this mosaic? Like what's the other interesting, weird stuff you're doing? Cause like you know I know a little bit, I know you're in cross keys. I know you do the Cinepunks. I know that's about so it. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing three bands right now. I'm doing cross really? keys that I sing for. We just finished our record. I just finished tracking all the vocals with Mr. Brian McTurnan, who uh, does Salad Day Studios. And um, it's the record is now getting in the hands of Mr. Steve Evitz, who is mixing it. And then it comes back to Retro City to get mastered. And then I think it'll be put out. So it's been two years in the writing. It's been miserable. Um, my band is, uh, no one likes us. It's cool. We're all old. No, you, um, can, you guys were on the key. I remember we were, we were, yeah. I don't know. John Batiste likes this. I think, I don't know why it's nice. cool. Yeah. But um, I was, I was going to go to your show. So actually one of the things I remembered, I want to apologize for is you, I was on Cinepunks for your anniversary episode. And you said at the end of it, you're like, hey, we should hang out. And you're like, I'm doing this show at Creep Records. I was like, okay, cool. I live four blocks away. <laughs> and then uh, for some reason I couldn't, I forget why. And then the pandemic happened. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, no, that was our record release. It was, I mean, you know, we're, it, it's fun. I, it's funny because it's like, so our band is kind of like, we're a weird group of people. Right. Yeah. Like um, our drummer was in Kid Dynamite and he was in Ink and Dagger and he was oh. in Good Riddance and all that stuff. And then like the guitar player, the one guitar player was in Kill the Man in Questions and was in Rambo. All these bands that like if you're from here, they mean a bunch of stuff like he was in The Curse. You know what I mean? And then um, the other guitar player has been my best friend since seventh grade. 
Nice. So it's like this com- culmination of that, you know, and then the bass player, he used to be the assistant district attorney to Larry Krasner. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I never hearing about that. Yeah. You met him that day. He was there. He was the oh, guy really? that brought all the donuts. Yeah. Okay. So best I think I brought cookies world. and then didn't tell you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I do remember that. I never, I never was an article about him in like the Inquirer or something. Mm-hmm. I think he was in that Philly DA TV show because, um, right. Yeah, all those people like it's weird because they're also from like uh, the dudes who directed it. They're two people and they're like from the punk world, you know, so yeah. it's like so I don't know. So basically, it's a band of just good dudes are our, our, the youngest person. in The band is 39. <laughs> and the <laughs> oldest person's 50. So it's like just a bunch of old dudes. And we're like we sweat a lot and try <laughs> to make reasons why we shouldn't play as fast as we do. But um, <laughs> Dave Wagon Suits is our drummer and he can only play like he's like a fast and the furious car chase scene. Like it's, it's untenable. He, it's like watching a samurai fight a demon. It's horrible. <laughs> it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. It's amazing. But um, it's just like, and that's what it is. Right. And like, we have a bunch of weird shit about us. Like, um, so one of my best friends is the tailor for Rihanna. Did I tell you about this? No. And she well, makes me tailor for Rihanna. Tell her she's doing a really good job with pregnant Rihanna outfit. Dude, she's in LA right now. She lives in the Bronx normally. She's a hardcore kid from Philly and she <laughs> like travels all over the world. She works for like a bunch of companies, but Rihanna's like the thing that takes up a lot of her time. But um, she makes me a shirt for every show that we've ever played. Really? And it's a button up floral like production. I have like- I have seen pictures of you in that shirt. And I, did, I, I didn't remember thinking like I have like a specific more than anything else about that band i never seeing that shirt <laughs> yeah it's stupid and it that's the only thing people care about as far as i could tell and um it's just funny because she makes so she's made a separate one for every single show we played since we've been a band wow. and uh at the end of every set i'll take a set list and i'll staple it to the shirt and then i'll put it in like a thing and then that's just where it's it exists and that's it it gets <laughs> more more. it's pretty funny but um yeah like so there are all these weird things like that about the band that people really like care about which is fine, but none of it I don't think is anything to do with the music, except the person that Jeff Pelly, who got cartwheeled out by Liam, I wrote a song about. Because the other thing about Crosby's is that um, I write songs about my friends. Yeah. So like one of our biggest songs is called <laughs> Jeff Pelly versus the Empire, and it's about Jeff Pelly. And um, it's because Liam cartwheeled him unconscious that time, and he's been like one of my best friends since. So, so anyway, so yeah, so there's that. And then I do another band called Hard Turf, which is like a, it's my Madball cosplay band where I pretend to be really tough and I don't smile and just play the bass guitar. And it's really ignorant. It's so. (laughs) I can't imagine you. Oh, it's majestic. It's so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) It is my favorite, favorite, favorite thing. Cause like, you know, Clyde has kept your boy loves ignorant New York hardcore. What can I say? (laughs) And then I do another band that's called great hero, which is me. And, um, this other young lady named Heather and it's like a folky acoustic finger picky, like real soft. It's super fun. I really, really enjoy it. You know, it's very like, I have a lot of different musical projects that I find very gratifying for very different reasons, you know? So that's kind of my main thing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it sounds like you just have like the ideal sort of like a hobby life. Like, I don't know how, I don't know how to put it exactly, but like, just that seems like I'm jealous. Like you just constantly have like little things you could be working on. Uh, Rob, when I tell you it's the worst way to exist. <laughs> well, what's I had the better to way? A, I, I had to get a separate practice space because I have so much shit. 
You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I can't be playing guitar while my wife is trying to work from home. It's yeah. already bad enough that I podcast here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, um, it's a, it's a horrible, horrible muse, but I, I'm always like, I should just try heroin, like something else. <laughs> I don't know. You know, like I live in Kensington, you know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, you live in the open air market. The open I'm in the hood, market. baby. Yeah. So, you know, I don't yeah. know. It seems a lot more fun. At least those guys get better Why? clothes. I think. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Sleep more. Yeah, no, I my friend, um, I I offered to rent to like soundproof and rent up my basement to my one friend because um, his thing is he just writes like these like Dinosaur Junior meet Elliot Smith albums entirely by himself, but he lives with uh, our other friend, Lost Puppies. Yes, Lost Posse, Lost Puppies. Um, he lives with our other friend who uh, just uh had a baby by herself did the whole uh sperm bank thing oh wow yeah and um so now he's just like i can't just be loud anymore without upsetting this child and he's been trying to figure out like a cheap practice space or something he could get dude it, i mean it's both the worst and best thing because it's also yeah. like now i have this other place where i can just go and be creative and do the thing um yeah. you know i started a new job I do. I remember you were working at uh, the Temple Hospital up around Germantown or something, right? Oh, no. I was working at the one right up front in Lehigh. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Lehigh. I don't uh -huh. know. Actually. I'm, I, I used to deliver for ECTA, so I would be, I would go to some Temple Hospital a lot, but I forget which one it was now. Yeah, I got fired from that gig. Did you hear about that? I heard you got fired. I didn't hear why. Because <laughs> the kid hung himself and died. Oh, and, uh, even though they blamed, they said it was technically not my fault. They blamed it on me and I was fired for it after working there for 20 years. Is that just because like, to appease the parents or something? It was the kind of thing where it's like, there were so many like processes that went wrong and yeah. somebody had to be left holding the bag. So it was me. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, it was fucked. It was like my favorite thing, which brings me back to the God thing. Like I used to truly believe in a mission of taking care of the poor and hungry. Yeah. And after 20 years of literally bleeding and fighting every single fucking day for it, I got fired unceremoniously. Yeah. And um, in that I had to like, I applied for unemployment and all that and they granted it and then they took it back. They took and it that back. Was really, yeah. That was fun. Wait, did you, did you then, pay it back too? Huh? Did you have to pay it back too? No, because it was a okay. non-fault overpayment, but it was still just like, oh, well, thanks for uh, that. And then, um, cool. yeah, I mean, when I got, when they told me that I, I got fucked by Medicaid and I had to pay back $3,000 or something. So, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's what a fucking, fucking terrible. dysfunctional country. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got a job at a casino in South Philadelphia as a cashier on an overnight shift because that's what you want to do when you're 44 years old. <laughs> and um, they give you a gun. <laughs> no, but I didn't have to fight anybody anymore. So it was already better than working in a psych hospital. And um, that was pretty crazy. And then I ended up getting a job at the removery where I now work. Okay. And I now work, help people. I'm a secretary at a tattoo removal studio. Oh, cool. <laughs> I got the job because my friend, um, Mike McTernan, he used to sing for... Um, damnation ad and all that stuff he works there and he was like hey man they need a secretary and i was like 
I got this casino job. I don't know if you know, I'm trying to be like a pit boss. I want to get a shark skin suit so I can walk around. <laughs> like I got this plan. He's like, dude, just come to the fucking interview. Did and I did. And um, Robbie Redcheeks, who's like famous for booking shows in this area in the 90s, he was working there as a sales consultant. So he did my interview with this uh, other person, this person named Andy. And um, he was like, I, I just realized like, wait, so you mean to tell me I get to work with old hardcore washed up kids that are, have ugly tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the lady was like, yeah, we'll, we'll pay you like this X amount of dollars. And it was like 30 grand more a year than what I was getting paid at the hospital after 20 years. Oh, 30 oh grand God. more. Yeah. And I was like, so wait a minute, I'm going to be a secretary. Like you need me to click this here mouse. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, and I don't have to fight any of you guys. Like, <laughs> no restraints, <laughs> none of that. And I was like, and you're going to pay me this much money. And then the lady was like, yeah, well, you know, talk it over with your wife and then just let me know. And I was like, no, no, madam, there will be no discussion with the wife. Sign me up. Yes, I'm taking the job. And then, so I've been working there ever since. And it's been crazy. Like they gave us like, I had to go to Austin and I had to train there. And then they sent me to Boston for a week and I had to like, work there it's just been nuts man it's been this weird glow up that i'm not really prepared for yeah what a fucking dream <laughs> and so like it's like and the funny thing is so i work with red cheeks right and I, I didn't know that robbie red cheeks was a hardcore name so the lady was like so how long have you known robert for and i was like oh me and red cheeks we go back like almost 25 years <laughs> and she was like who's red cheeks and then robbie leans in on me and he just is like they don't have red cheeks here. And I was like, oh, my bad. I didn't mean to use your government in front of the white lady. My, like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really strange. But so I got a tattoo of an apple that says there's no red cheeks here because I thought that was really funny. And I was like, you know, that's like my boy. So I don't know. So now like Robbie used to, he used to tour with Ink and Dagger and like all these bands he used to be in a band called Damage. So for 40 hours a week, I'm like, yo, remember when Dagger played that show and they sprayed the blood all over everybody? It was fucking cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. And we just got tech decks, so we've been doing finger skateboarding. At work. <laughs> it's the sickest job ever. And it's like, man, I'm trying to hope that like no one figures out that they're paying me too much money to be an asshole. <laughs> so, you know. Edit this part out, Rob. Yeah, <laughs> put them on blast for it. It's oh, dope yeah. though. I've I've been removing all my tattoos because um really? I want to get better tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm have like, a uh, Harry Potter tattoo and like like from back in the day. It's not the fucking like typical like the Horcrux or whatever. Yeah, it's they not call that it. one. It's like my so my friend designed it. It's like I guess you can kind of see it. It's like my friend designed it. It's like the sword of Gryffindor and like the head of Nagini, but like since jk rowling has come out as like just a huge dick and like awful person <laughs> and like aw like i have a cousin who is trans so it's just been like it's just, i'm just like i don't know what to do about it i'm like maybe i'll cover it up one day but like also my friend designed it but also this is sort of an ugly tattoo anyway so <laughs> well my my homegirl cat works in richmond so you could holler at her and just be like, yo josh sent me okay be, like taking care of your tattoo yeah, all right it's, it's just funny because it's like um i have mostly morrissey tattoos oh, shit. <laughs> so i've been slowly <laughs> removing morrissey well, tattoos i'm gonna tell you something there was a guy there was this is a little of a raunchy story so i apologize in advance but there was this girl 
who wanted me to have a threesome with her and her boyfriend, and I couldn't do it because he had a meat is murder tattoo across his neck. And I thought, I cannot have sex with somebody and with that tattoo and look at it the whole time. I don't know if we mentioned that Jennifer's polyamorous. Fair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no judgments here. It's all no, just for context. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Emily? it was... Uh, like I can, I can still see just the whole like fucking neck just says meat is murder, just Imagine all the way. That just staring at <laughs> it. Hard style. Do you guys know about my Morrison T-shirt and all that stuff? Mm-mm, tell me. Uh, right around the time that I met Rob, I made a T-shirt that says Morrissey's a racist. Yeah, I wanted to. I thought about getting that because I especially have a, I have a friend up in uh, New York who was obsessed with Smith and Morrissey for years and years. And he got a bunch of Morrissey tattoos too. He has like a, there is a light that never goes out tattoo and stuff mm-hmm. on his arm and everything. And yeah, over the past couple of years, he's just uh, started getting more into jazz and just moving away from all rock and roll and just being like, I don't know what to do about Morrissey anymore. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's a fucking yeah. bummer, especially as like a Filipino kid growing up in the suburbs, bro. Like, yeah. More- all like my boys are like you don't listen to hip-hop like us i'm like well i do but you know there's this other side of life that's different and they're just like you know fucking in my face and all this stuff and like mad at me because i didn't like like basketball and all that stuff but it's like what are you supposed to do yeah and not just that they were right <laughs> finding a record like kill uncle meant yeah. so much to me when i was like 14 years old you know what i mean and it was like i, ha- I got a tape with that and Fugazi 13 songs on the other side. And it like legitimately it was like, hey, guess what? You're gonna be a weird adult. Enjoy your tape. <laughs> and that was like how how it played out, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, no, right around the time I met you, Rob, I made the t-shirt yeah. and like we sold it and it went like crazy. So all these dudes were like, I'm gonna kick your ass. I was like, bro. Well, for I accept- yeah, and I was just like, so these are all the shows that I'll be at. These are the shows that I'm playing. <laughs> these are all the conventions that I'm working at because I work at New York Comic Con and all that stuff. And I was like, if you guys want to talk to me in person, I will 100% put you on the guest list and we will talk about it or I will fuck you up. Your choice. Who are even artists people? Like when you go to a show, it's just like a bunch of like women and and like weird men just like jumping up on stage and <laughs> a, lot of gre- like a lot of greasers here and cholos. Oh, okay. In LA. So uh, there was a thing called uh, a Society of the Blue Rose. Have you heard about this? No. It's a bunch of like psychos that really think that Morrissey is talking to them when he wears shirts with blue flowers on them. It's like some Taylor Swift shirt. Yeah. No, it's real. And it was like this weird, like Magamas, like Blue Rose Society coming after me, which is why when Cross Keys did our release show, Grace made me a shirt with nothing but blue flowers on it. Which is because I was like, you know, <laughs> seriously, we can do this if you want to, but it's not going to end up the way that you think it's going to end up. Period. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, but I became friends with Billy Bragg because of it. Really? Oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so he did a book signing and I wore the shirt and then he was like, can I get one? And I was like, yeah. And uh, he was like, I'm playing New York City for three dates at the Bowery. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, we already have tickets. And he's like, well, I'll get you on the guest list. So just come and, you know give it to me. And I was like, all right, dude, no problem. So we went and like the first two nights, me and Milani just had the tickets. So it was cool. I didn't want to bother him. You know what I'm saying? It's a Billy Bragg. But yeah, on yeah. the third night, I'm like, I'm going to talk to him. And I just want to tell the lady at the door, like, oh, hey, Josh Alvarez, I'm on the Billy Bragg guest list, please. <laughs> I figured it would just be like, hey, I come on in, you know? 
but it was like the green room pass with the sticker you know yeah. i was like oh shit so then we're hanging out and i gave him the shirt and then he was just like look mate i'm gonna wear this on my tour i just want to make sure you're not an asshole and, <laughs> and like awesome. it's really weird yeah and we like and the funny thing is like i still talk to him yeah you know what i mean like he'll, he'll just email me out of the blue every so often and it's like having a weird white grandpa in england <laughs> that's pretty dope it's yeah. kind of awesome yeah so, no I, i'm jealous like i the closest i had to that was like uh i talked to joel hodgson for a minute like five, <laughs> seven years ago and like he like emailed me like i helped after i after i helped a, i did like a videography gig for somebody he was helping out um i think my girlfriend and i fucked it up and then i just never heard him again but um but uh yeah no that is it is very cool just to have somebody you admire just like check in occasionally <laughs> it's really real i mean like i send them all the music that i make you know what i mean just because awesome. like well i do a solo uh project too and it's very much just i told them i was like yeah this is me ripping you off period electric guitar solo <laughs> i just i it's, it's seriously just me and an electric guitar on my solo project yeah. and uh, i send him all the songs and stuff as i write them and he tells me what's good what's not it's a really weird insight you know that's what i mean awesome. because it's like that's... what do you do with that information you know what i mean it's like that's not real this isn't a thing so you know i don't know i do have, yeah. i do have one billy bragg story i think i saw um the tell us the truth tour in 2003 with him and steve earl and tom morello and janine caraffalo awesome yeah um i was like 13 or something and um when it was me, my my mom, and my friend, and I, we were walking, and he was out back smoking or something. And I'm pretty sure I forget exactly what he said, but I think he told my mom "nice legs" or something. <laughs> but it feels like maybe not totally in character for him, so I'm not sure if I'm misremembering that. But that's pretty damn funny. Actually, yeah. the first time the first time I met Billy Bragg was at the 9:30 Club. Okay. And um, what had happened that summer was uh, Hope Conspiracy had gone on tour in Europe. And one of my very good friends, Brandon, went on tour with them. And halfway through the tour, they hadn't done a cash drop. So they had a box of like 7,000 euros in it or whatever, like something stupid. And then he lost it. He lost the box. (laughs) So they kicked him off the tour mid-tour. And he came home. And the only thing he had was he pulled a Billy Bragg poster off of the wall for me. And he brought it home. He's like, I lost the cash box, but... I brought you this poster from Billy Bragg played and I know you like him. So I took the poster to the 930 club in DC and I told Billy Bragg the story because he stays at the end of the show until everybody wants to talk to him, talks to him. Right. Oh wow! And I showed him the poster and I told him the story and he's like, well, sounds like your mate's an idiot. And I was like, he is. That's great. That's I love him. But the funny thing is this is before like iPhones. I don't know when it happened, but it, like we didn't have iPhones and my wife had a Palm pilot at the time and like we couldn't take a picture so Billy Bragg's tour manager at the time was Grant Showbiz, who did all those Smiths tours. And he's like, Grant, can you use your camera? Take your picture and we'll mail it to you. And so he got Grant Showbiz to email me the picture of us holding the poster together. And then I kept Grant Showbiz's email because yeah. why wouldn't I? You know, it's, it's kind of ridiculous not to. But yeah, that was the first time I met him. And it's funny, he autographed the poster and I still have it like framed in our house. It's, it's a pretty wild story. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> good times good times yeah well you got anything else coming up going on Um, i have my first show in philadelphia since pandemic on february on may 14th at silk city diner with um oh with and beretta yeah there you go come that show 
Yeah, I, I need to check to make sure I'm not going to something else because I do. There's like everybody's fucking touring right now, so I just keep buying more and more tickets. For yeah, shows. dude, it's it's the same night as the Menzingers and the same night as a uh, Snapcase, Earth Crisis, and Strife. I so I'm like going cool. to the Menzingers, but I'm not. Uh, That's hey, I get it. Yeah, I think there's a. Sh- I think maybe I'm going to a shitty before, so I could probably make that. Hey, um, come on through, man. It'll be fun. We'll hang out. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like I live at Sixth and Gerard, so I'm right there. Oh, dude. Yeah. Have you been to primary yet? Primary. Uh, yeah. Primary pet based. Yep. Rob, will you please edit out your address from the podcast? I'm gonna be worried about you. It's not my actual. It's not like my full address. All it's, right. It's a very long block. <laughs> okay. There's a lot worse things on Sixth and Gerard for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I find heroin deals along the street every day too. So. <laughs> But uh, you your home. yeah, exactly. but, you know, primary is cool though. Have you been there? Like not, to, I'm, not I'm not vegan or anything, but um, the chef, the head chef there is a dude named Mark McKinney. Yeah. Like he, he used to play in um easy creatures and like all those other bands. Like he's part of that whole walleye crew, like all those yeah. dudes. He he's looks pretty like, awesome. He looks like a punk sort of guy. The, the pictures oh, yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. I haven't been nice yet. It's kind of pricey um, compared it is. to the other videos I go to, but uh, yeah. I do want to elevated vegan bullshit. You know what I'm saying? No, I know. And I'm sure it's fucking great. I just, uh, there's so many vegan places now though around Philly that it's, I just gravitate toward the other ones. (laughs) I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You guys got going on. You guys got anything fun happening in Richmond or LA? In Richmond? No. (laughs) I mean, uh, no, no, the other day though, uh, the pizza joint that I go to primarily was giving away free tickets to, uh, uh, what is it? Godspeed you black emperor show. Oof. If you, if you had to order, be the first to order a large pizza within the next 10 minutes. You should have done it. They were great. Yeah, I love them. They're so good. Yeah. Did you go to the union transfer show? No. I mean, I've been seeing them since that very first uh, LP though, ever since, um, actually the first time I saw them was at the, as at the Bowery on a slow ride for the new zero Canada. Cause I worked, I lived in North Jersey at that time. Oh, cool. And I worked at vintage vinyl. So it was like, I went to all those shows and like, I saw them on these last couple, like I saw them also at the Masonic temple when they did that first reunion. And that shit was oh, insane, nice. like on top of all. If it was you know? wait, Masonic lodge in Philly. No, it was in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. It was awesome. So yeah. good. I've been willing this for 15 years and I just just finally got the chance this time. What do you do in LA, Brandon? What's that? What do you do in LA? Like, what what is there to do? What do you do? What's going on? What's the question? What do you do in Los (laughs) Angeles, bro? I don't fucking do shit. Word. Los Angeles. No, um, uh, we don't, we uh, we haven't gone out in a while. Uh, Vanessa's getting ready for finals. So we haven't really done anything. Mm-hmm. I haven't. Was the last show, the last show that I went to was Lightning Bolt. Oh, uh, you're still around? They were, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, I had tickets, I had tickets for them for last year, <laughs> and uh, they like like in October or something like that, and they they uh, they postponed it because of COVID. Yeah. And uh, when I got there, uh, fucking Chippendale had announced that right before like earlier that day brian had been thrown like gibson had been thrown up hmm. turns out that like the day after we saw them they had gotten covid so, <laughs> <laughs> they COVID, so. well you're in los angeles though. there's a lot of dope movie stuff right like 
The last time I was in Los Angeles, I went to the New Beverly Theater and I saw The Birds on 35. I went to New yeah, Beverly Theater. Yeah. I saw a Jim Jarmusch double feature. Whoa. He was at the Nick <laughs> Cage show that we were at last week or two weeks Jim ago. Jim Jarmusch was? He was sitting behind us. I was like, oh, Jim Jarmusch is here. I guess that's a thing that happens. Were you in New York? Yeah, I was. Oh, okay. It was uh, the Carnage show. Oh, so, okay. It was so sick. But yeah, that was yeah. Jim Jarmusch was just sitting, just being Jim Jarmusch and no one was talking to him. I was like, I guess that's a thing that just happens in New York where you could just be famous and no one cares. But whatever. <laughs> I mean, also, if you're like that kind of famous, I imagine like a lot of people just don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. He knows Johnny Depp. Like, that's crazy. And Tom Waits. That's yeah, cool. I mean, he knows he's obviously knows Neil Young and shit. But like, he's also like, like, when is he ever on camera for stuff that film nerds are not mm-hmm. watching? Like he was on Fishing with John. I get to use an episode of SpongeBob because of that. And he was on Bored to Death. He was in a yeah. Wu-Tang documentary. Yeah. Um, thing? Wu, I think, or something. That's- or or HBO or something like that. They, they they talked to they asked Jim Jarmusch about Wu Tang for some reason. Well, he put the Risen that last movie, The Dead Don't. That's die, right. Yeah, that. yeah, he did. He, so, he, he didn't talk about that though. He didn't talk about coffee and cigarettes. He just didn't. Uh, didn't Riza did Riza score a Ghost Dog? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That shit's awesome. Oh yeah. Brandon, Brandon, are you a cinephile or like do you do like movie stuff out there? I, Here, haven't a, I haven't in a while. I to clarify, I don't live like in LA proper. I don't live like really in the city. I live uh in the suburbs of like southeast so okay. it's actually kind of a trek to get like for me to actually go to where I feel like the nicer mu- like theaters are but but la has some good ones like yeah i used yeah. to go to a lot of showings when i was younger that's uh, awesome man because it was just easier to do like i remember seeing uh uh what it was the fucking silent silent movie theater i think it was and uh, i saw fantastic planet Oh wow! Uh, with the live score, uh, local band Jesus makes the shotgun sound to the live score, and they had uh, that's awesome. They had actors do like do do all the the lines and shit. Oh, that's crazy! I've never seen. Yeah, that was fun. Like, I also went to Magic Castle when I was out there. What's did, how did wait wait what Magic Castle? The fucking castle where you walk in all the rooms and you got to. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what I know what you're talking about, and I've never even been to there. Yeah, it was sick. Wait, no, any clarification on the Magic Castle? Is this it's, is this the one that fucking Paul Tompkins is talking about? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> it is that one. Okay. You have to get like invited by a magician. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Did true. You get invited by the magician? I uh we had a friend. I I well, about, be friends. This isn't surprising anymore. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing about Cinepunks is that we we're we're kind of connected to a lot of weird shit. And yeah. uh so yeah, you had to dress up and gentlemen had to wear a jacket unless you had an ethnic version. Of formal wear, uh, well, a top hat. You have to wear a top hat. No, I, oh, I you okay. had to wear a jacket and tie, and ladies had to wear a dress. But I wore my barong tagalog, which is like, do you guys oh, know? Hell yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they're like, "Oh, is this ethnic clothing?" I was like, "What are you racist? Like, Let me in." <laughs> like, why <did> <laughs> <laughs> look dope, and it was so sick. And we went in there, and there are all these people tying knots into ropes that weren't there, and then there's. <laughs> piano where this dude this this invisible ghost named irene you shout songs at her and she plays them there's no one sitting at the piano it was so yeah. sick it was like the dopest day ever That's i've been moving in the wrong circles man i gotta go find all these fucking magicians yeah man yeah dude, i gotta fly out there now <laughs> you can you also apply to be a, in the society of magicians i think that if you do like the membership thing for that you can get in really so, you have to know of, how to do magic. I don't know. If you know. I, don't I keep know. saying we should meet up in LA, and now I have like my boyfriend in LA. So like, 
See, magician? There's no reason Rob, there's no reason Rob cannot go. Well, here's the funny yeah. thing, right? Like, so for me, Los Angeles is a very special city just because one of my very best friends lives there. He works at a UCLA. He's like the, oh wow, he's like the head of the sociology department over there or something. Dr. Edward Walker, one of my oh, favorite, cool. favorite people. He used to be in a band called uh, Violent Society here in Philly. Now he's like super intellectual and uh, Richmond, Virginia. I love literally every single band that's ever come from there. <laughs> so like avails my favorite band you know and um i'm friends with like all the strike anywhere guys so like garth and like thomas like all those dudes they like they took me to a place called twisties when inquisition did the reunion in like 2006 or something like that and then after the show they took me to some fucking bar where we were hanging out which is fine but at last call they started playing europe's the final countdown <laughs> and everyone had a kazoo <laughs> they were singing the 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 kazoo bits. They were just doing it and slamming their beer on the table, and with the kazoos, just doing the doo 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 I'm like in there again, the only grain of rice in the oatmeal, and I'm like, "Yo, man, is this like the vampire scene in Blade? Like, are you guys gonna kill me with your dreadlocks now? Like, what is gonna happen?" But like, I love literally every band from Richmond that I've ever heard. I've loved oh, all the way wow. back to. Like Action Patrol, one of my favorite bands of all time. You know what I mean? Um, uh, yeah, just the Richmond only band I know from Richmond living here is Guar. So. Oh yeah, intense band. <laughs> Have you ever been to the Guar Bar here? Uh, I heard about it. No. You well, if you're here, I'll take you. I'll treat we're, you again. We're coming for the fucking avail thing. They're doing a 22, 25 years of Over the James or something like that. Okay. So you know, we'll be there. I think, as far as I understand, that's what's supposed to be happening. But I well, know. have fun then. But the Guar Bar <laughs> is great. Like all of their all of their menu items are just named like the raunchiest shit, and like and like you can get like a mystery beer for two dollars. <laughs> love that shit. Yeah, I will always do that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the cheapest beer is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, fuck it. Just fear. Yeah. Maybe Budweiser with your spit. That's fine. Two dollars. Yeah, maybe it's that. Maybe it's something with eight percent. I don't give a shit. Just whatever's two dollars. <laughs> respect. Respect. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we can wrap up. But uh thank you for coming on. That was a lot of fun. Great meeting yeah, you. It's great yeah. meeting you guys. Yeah. Let's be friends. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll see you at your show at least. Um, Yay. I should be able to make that. <laughs> That'd be dope. Let me know. I'll put you on my guest list if I get one. I don't know if I have one. I mean, we'll whatever. it'll be like what? Seven bucks otherwise? <laughs> Who knows? I don't yeah. know. It's with a Richmond band and Beretta. College <laughs> boy. Oh, that reminds me. I've never actually, I've been to the Silk City, obviously, but I've never been to a show there. But oh, yeah. I did I did watch a this mini documentary years ago about a half Japanese. Oh, yeah. And there was they an anecdote. Yeah, there's an anecdote about them playing there. This guy mm-hmm. was like, Yeah, they were um Jad Fair was like up on the stage or up in the front, or I don't think they have a stage there or they used to in the 80s or whatever. But um, and he's like, Hey, your guitar's unplugged. And like, and Chad was like, Yeah. <laughs> and then he played the entire <laughs> show with his guitar unplugged. <laughs> it's pretty sick. They yeah. used to do hardcore shows there. I definitely saw one await there, and I think I got like punched in the face, and like I don't remember like what happened. But it's like, man, what await still is crazy. It was like a bunch of years ago. They used to do like lifetimes played there. Like I've definitely seen a bunch of shows there back in the day. You know? Yeah, so. I remember. Um, I used to be friends with the guys in Rasputin Secret Police before they both sort of uh got wiped off the map um but um 
but yeah, I remember they were playing there like seven or eight years ago too. Um, they, they seem to just go through phases where they do shows there and then they just stop for years and then they start doing it again. Well, the dude was like, we need a DJ to open your show. And I was like, DJ, we're not going to do a DJ, sir. <laughs> it's yeah. not happening. Yeah. Sorry. Not that kind of party, you know, but yeah, yeah come out, Rob. It's going to be fun, man. Yeah, of course. I mean, an honor to sing for you. <laughs> it can be an honor to be sung to. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, uh, if you're at the me with, I don't know if you're if you're going to me without you show, but uh, Jennifer is here for the second one or something. Is there two for the of them? First one, the second one sold out immediately. Okay, well then for the first one, yeah. Wow. And I have no idea what to do with her. I figure I'll just take her to like tattooed mom or something. So yeah, she's man. It's like I a mean, cool place. We'll show you around. If now I want to go to the expensive vegan restaurant. We can do that. I don't give a shit. There's a cross keys table in there. Anyway, is there really? here <laughs> Mark always is like, yeah, that's where I sit all you guys when you idiots come in here. I'm like, cool. <laughs> the cross I'm going to go there and ask for it. <laughs> it's, in the, it's in the corner. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's stupid. All right, Shell. <laughs> I'll get stuff recording at least. Have a good one. Nice meeting you guys. Thank you.